Hello, and welcome to the AgriFood Safety Produce Bites podcast, where we discuss all things produce safety and dive into the rules and regulations surrounding the Food Safety Modernization Act Produce Safety Rule. I am Landon Teedle. I'm a produce safety technician out of the Marquette County Conservation District, and I service all 15 counties in the Upper Peninsula, providing on-farm technical assistance for produce growers for um, just looking at their on-farm food safety practices and good agricultural practices and making sure that the product they're producing is, is safe for when their customer eats it. And I'm Mariel Borgman with Michigan State University Extension. I'm a community food systems educator, and I work in southwest Michigan. Uh, I work kind of all across the food system, from people that grow the food to the people that eat the food and everybody in between, and help them to learn more about local food systems and how to participate. So I think we'll start with the first question then. Um, So this one is for Landon. So what is a food safety plan, and why is it important? Yeah, I think that's a really good question and maybe the most important question when we even think about food safety plans, because this is really the the like the why question. So why do I need it? Why do I care? What's it even good for? Uh, That's how I kind of perceive this question. And really, uh, the food safety plan is just a tool that it's like an organizing tool. It's a place for you to store Uh, or for the farm to store all of these food safety practices that are being done, uh, but written down. So, um, you know, most farmers don't want to get their people, get their customers sick. And so they do things every single day to prevent that, you know, they wash their hands, they wash their harvest knives, they, you know, clean the sinks out in between batches of washing produce. Uh, So the food safety plan is a a place to store uh, a written version of all these practices and policies. And it also serves as a tool, um, kind of like a a good tool to show off what you're doing too. So if you do get questions from customers or a food safety auditor or produce safety inspector or you know anyone really about your food safety practices on the farm, you can pull out your food safety plan and say, this is what I do, this is when I do it. And uh, it's, you know, proof is in the words. So when we think about what goes into a food safety plan, Mariel, do you have some some pointers for how to put this together? Yeah, so I think a food safety plan should be really specific to each farm that's writing it. So one of the key things um, is to actually have somebody from the farm writing the plan. And the kinds of things you want to include in it are some basic information, just background information about the farm to begin with. So like uh, where your farm is located, how many acres do you have, what kinds of crops are you growing, um, how long have you been on the property, what kinds of um, activities happened there before you started farming, just to give some um, context and background for the setting that you're operating in. And then from there, you'll want to uh, consider including things like policies and procedures that you've implemented Uh, in order to keep produce safe. So if you have, for example, um, employee training policies or um, employee hygiene and um, 
illness reporting, injury reporting, all of those types of policies and procedures um, you'd want to have in writing in within the context of a food safety plan. And any SOPs that you have or standard operating procedures that support those policies as well, um, those are all the different kinds of things you'll want to include. I also often recommend that people have a section with contacts for all of your suppliers for things like um, soil amendments or agricultural chemicals that you're using. Um, if you have someone that services field sanitation units or um, portageons, you could have their contact information in there as well, um, because often all of these different aspects relate in some way to produce safety. And if there is an issue, it's helpful to have um, an easy way to find all of those contacts. Or if you just need information from a supplier, for example, in your soil amendments, um, to show that they have been properly composted or properly treated in some way, then it's a really easy um, reference to go back and find that information. So there's a lot of different things that you could put in there, but those are some of the, the basic things that I would recommend starting with. Um, and speaking of starting a food safety plan, how do you go about starting a food safety plan? And maybe when would you want to consider thinking about this? Yeah, so in terms of when to start a food safety plan, I would say day one, like the day you want to start a farm is the day you should start writing your food safety plan. Um, but if you already have a farm and you've already been farming, uh, you know, start now. The most important thing to remember when ha like creating a food safety plan and keeping it updated is that it should be truly reflective of your farm as it is today um, and, your, and your practices and how you're operating today. Um, just to, you know, I think it's just a really good thing to keep in mind that your your farm food safety plan is not a wish list or it's not, uh, you know, a, a dream binder. It's 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 really it should be what you're actually doing because that's how it's going to be accurate. But in terms of how to start a food safety plan, uh, that can be broken down into some pretty simple steps actually. And first, what I like to have farmers do is just like turn a critical eye to your farm operation and say, okay, what are my risks? Where are they? What, what are they? Um, so if we want to think about the different things that affect food safety on a farm, you know, water quality, soil amendments, uh, wildlife intrusion, worker sanitation, um, or health and hygiene, cleaning and sanitation, all of these, these things that we know um, and are fact-based that they affect produce safety, you know, taking a, a good hard look at your farm practices and saying, okay, am I doing everything I can to, to, you know, prevent wildlife contamination from my fields? Or do I have a worker training uh, program in place? Um, and just like identifying these, where the risks could come in, you know, do I have a mice problem in my pack shed? All of these different things. And then after we've, you know, assessed the risks and figured out what they are, then it's time to figure out what you're going to do about them. So, okay, you've identified this, this problem or this risk. Uh, so what do I do? So I've got, you know, mice in the pack shed. How I'm going to solve this problem is set traps and check them twice a day. Or, you know, whatever, whatever your answer might be, uh, just go through and create an answer for each of your problems or your risks. 
and then write it all down, put it, put it together, you know, type it out on a Word doc or write it out by hand, however you want to do it, just uh, write it down. And then once you have it written down, stick to it. That is how I would recommend a grower to, to go about starting a food safety plan. I think it's, it's, the steps are pretty simple, although it can be, uh, you know, harder than it looks to actually follow through and, and manage to get it all done. Uh, Muriel, do you have some examples of common challenges uh, that growers might come up with when trying to get their food safety plan written? Yeah, honestly, I think just the biggest challenge is getting over the mental hurdle of putting pen to paper. It's it can seem intimidating to take that first step. And I think just writing something down, even if it's just starting with that cover page, you know, this is our farm name and the history and here's what we grow and here's uh, how many acres we have. I think that initial step of just starting can be really challenging for folks. Um, And so I recommend that people just uh, try to find some time to set aside that, You're not going to be interrupted by distractions on the farm or within your household and just take some time to to really just get started. And it doesn't have to be perfect on the first try. I think that's kind of uh, something that anyone who writes in anything, uh, whether it's an article or a farm food safety plan, there's kind of this idea of, you know, having to get it right. But I think I always like to think of the food safety plan as a living document or something that you just revisit frequently and change as things change or on your farm or as you get new ideas or find out better ways of doing things. It's not something that has to be perfect. So it should be approached as um, an ongoing task for you to revisit and continually update. Um, And so I think, yeah, just kind of figuring out how to get over that initial piece of getting started. And I think we have a lot of resources, um, especially in the state of Michigan, we have actual people that can help you through this process. Um, But there's also a lot of templates and other resources online that can help you. So I think you have some thoughts about that, Landon. Yeah, absolutely. So if we want to, and also I want to just like double down on what you said, Muriel, like your food safety plan, it's a living, breathing document. And it, you know, if, in order for it to really be reflective of your farm, it, it needs to be updated as often as the farm changes. And personally, I have never been on a farm that has stayed the same year after year. And so the food safety plan logically then should be updated every year as well, um, or more often as needed. So that was a great point to make. But in terms of resources available to folks, um, Farmers in Michigan really have it good in terms of food safety resources. Um, We happen to be the only state that uh, have produce safety technicians as, you know, available resources. So that's, uh, like I said in the intro, that's my, um, I'm a produce safety technician uh, servicing the UP, but there are also five more who cover various counties in the lower peninsula of Michigan. And we work through our local conservation districts. And basically what we do is that we offer free and voluntary and confidential technical assistance. Um, we'll come right to your farm and help you through any kind of food safety questions or concerns or you know any kind of problem solving that needs to be done. We can help you 
write your plan, um, things like that. And then on top of that, we also have a, the great uh, produce safety staff at MSU Extension. Mariel works for MSU and lots of others. And so there's, you know, there's lots of different resources uh, to turn to. And uh, the best part, in my opinion, is that we're all free. So there's no harm in, in contacting us and seeing if, if we can help. And then in terms of templates, like Mariel mentioned, um, there are just hundreds to choose from. If you just type in a quick Google search of, you know, food safety template or um, worker training template or standard operate, how to write a standard operating procedure, you know, you can get any, any kind of template you want uh, for free on the internet, of course. But our Michigan produce safety team, so the produce safety technicians and the MSU folks, uh, have curated um, a, a selection of uh, whole farm food safety templates and then individual record keeping templates um, and things like that that we have available for any grower who might want to use them, whether they're in Michigan or not. Um, so uh, the, the nice thing about the food safety plan template, the whole template, I think, is that um, it kind of walks you through step by step, like a natural process of um, how you would think about things on your farm. So it's kind of broken down by section. So like there's a wildlife management section and there's a water quality section. And, um, you know, you can you can add and switch things around to for it to meet the specific needs of your farm and, you know, take things out if they're not. Uh, if, if they don't match your farm. So if you don't use any kind of compost or manure or other soil amendment of animal origin, you can take that section out. It's not necessary. Um, and then there are other sections you might wanna, you know, supplemental sections you might wanna add in. Like if your farm is a UPIC, you can add in the UPIC section. So it's really customizable. Um, and that's what I like most about it. That being said, I do wanna really emphasize the fact that uh, no template is one size fits all. And so any farm choosing to use a template versus starting from scratch, I think that's great, but just keep in mind that it needs to be, it needs to be tailored to meet your farm. So it's, uh, so it's specific to your farm, which I think Mariel hit on a little bit earlier that the food safety plan really needs to be specific to each farm. Uh, Mariel, do you have anything else to add to that? No, I think you did a really good job covering that. I'm just curious, Lena, in the farms that you've worked with in your role, um, who is typically the one responsible for writing these plans? How does that person get selected? That's a good question. And I think that my answer might be a little bit unique just to where, uh, where I live and work. Um, most of the farms in the Upper Peninsula are diversified market farms, usually on the smaller side of things. And so, um, you know, a lot of these farms don't have a lot of employees. And so the person who ends up writing the food safety plan is the owner because they're the only person on the whole farm who's in charge of anything. Um, so that's been my personal experience with farms, but I'm sure downstate on some of the larger farms, it, it could be someone other than the owner for sure. 
Yeah, it's a really interesting idea and um, something that each farm will need to kind of think about for themselves is who's the most appropriate person to write this. Um, I know some of the larger farms in our area actually hire someone that is their produce safety person, and they are the ones that are kind of responsible for overseeing all of the produce safety activities on the farm, and they often are the one that writes and updates the produce safety plan on a regular basis. But we also have that same situation where it's, you know, a smaller farm and it's the owner um, that really does that. So yeah, it's kind of, um, it just depends, I guess. But it should be someone that's really familiar with everything that goes on at the farm. And also that has some authority as well to make decisions or um, recommend new policies or changes to policies that um, meet those uh, best practices for produce safety. I think something that we haven't mentioned yet is that a number of third-party audit programs um, require a produce safety plan. So if it is something um, that your buyer is requesting a gap audit or some other kind of third-party audit, um, many of those would, would require you to have a produce safety plan. Uh, it's, it's not something that's required under the Food Safety Modernization Act. So Lita, I don't know if you want to um, say anything else about that, but I think that's important to mention for folks. Yeah, I think that's really important, and it's a great point. Um, so I guess if we want to think about third-party audits, like, you know, gap audits, which is good agricultural practice uh, audits, or uh, primus, or any other kind of food safety audit, which is optional, maybe feels like mandatory because you have a buyer requiring it, but is that is optional for the farm. Uh, they they often do require a food safety plan. And like you said, FISMA does not require it. But um, the state of Michigan has a produce safety certificate that farms uh, can work towards and earn. And they do that by working through a produce safety technician to kind of go through a like a full farm risk assessment um, where they, you know, every area of the farm is looked at. And then, you know, if we see any kind of areas of concern, then we go through and fix those areas and, um, you know, address all the food safety concerns on the farm. And at the end of all that, um, it's possible to earn a produce, this produce safety certificate. And for this particular program, a food safety plan is also required. So, that's another thing to keep in mind too. Even if you're not going through one of the, the bigger third-party audits like GAP or Primus, even if you just want the, the state of Michigan certificate, the plan is still necessary. And it's just good to have in general. Yeah, I often find that even if buyers aren't requiring a specific certification program, they often want some kind of evidence that a farm is following safe production practices. So having it written down um, and being able to share that with a buyer can give them a lot of confidence um, and maybe encourage them uh, to want to source from you because they trust that what you're doing is safe. So I think there's a lot of benefits to writing one, even if it's not required for um, FISMA or for another program that you're working toward. Absolutely. And it's also, uh, it's a good way to brag to, um, if you, you know, if you're trying to get into um, a new market or just trying to win over a new customer, um, I think it could be, a, it could be used as a good marketing tool to say, 
here's everything I'm doing to make sure my product is, is really good and really safe. And, um, you know, I care about my customers and here's my proof. And so I think um, that's a way that the farm food safety plan is not often used, but I see a lot of potential for. And I think that could really reach a lot of buyers in a positive way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the, the major benefits of it. Also, keeping things, keeping track of things for your farm all in one place, I think is another benefit of having a food safety plan. Just keeping all that information, whether it's in a digital form or in one binder that anybody on your staff can go and locate uh, a specific policy or an SOP or some contact information, and they know exactly where to find that. I think that can go a long way, especially on some of the larger farms when there's a lot of people doing a lot of different tasks. Yeah, that's true. And it could also um, it could also even be used as a worker training resource, um, you know, you mentioned just like, a, you know, putting it all together in a binder to just have available. I think if, you know, if a farm hires a new person, they could say, here's our policies, you know, familiarize yourself. I think it could be a good training tool as well. Maybe not the entire uh, worker training program, but a good tool to, um, to enhance a worker training. Yeah, that's a really good point. One other thing that I would just mention about about, you know, like the record keeping side of your food safety plan for, for all of the different things that require a record, like your cleaning and sanitizing record and your worker training record and uh, things like that. While it's good to have, you know, maybe copies or um, a, a template of the record that you use in your food safety plan, it doesn't always make sense to keep the actual records in that binder or that document of your food safety plan. Um, you know, I'll think a lot of times it makes more sense to actually have them out of the out of the binder um, and wherever on the farm where that activity is taking place. So, you know, keeping the bathroom cleaning uh, record right in the bathroom so the employee can, can sign off that they did it as soon as they've cleaned the bathroom. I think that makes more sense versus having to go back to the food safety binder and flipping through and checking it off there. I think it's more likely that records will be kept if they're if they're kept at the right spot in the farm versus uh, just sitting away in this binder. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It, maybe the binder will um, hold the archive records that would be reviewed by a manager, you know, at the end of the year. But definitely as records are being taken, they should be in the spot where they're most likely to get done. Links or definitions to anything referenced in this episode are provided in our show notes, which can be accessed on the website at canr.msu.edu slash agrifood underscore safety. Thank you to everyone for listening, and don't forget to tune in next month for another episode of our Produce Bites podcast.